You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 24. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds loss or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today my guest is Michelle Herzog. Now, Michelle is going to give you a little bit of the background on the story about how we met, but I want to give Michelle an introduction first before we dive into the episode. Now, this episode is a little bit different than some of them that I've done. I tend to be a very science-minded, a very like pro-medical, I'm a nurse, my husband's a doctor, like pro-medical approach when it comes to health. And Michelle kind of deviates a little bit from that, from like what I typically would consider like a mainstream approach to health in general. And so today we're going to talk about some stuff that may be not like central on your radar. Um, but I think that she has some really good things to say and some, some points to bring up that you can consider in your own health and fitness journey. Because we have to remember that health and fitness is not just about the way your body looks. It's not just about how much weight you put on the bar, but it's an overall being and like sense of being and who you are and how you're feeling and how you'll be able to show up for your family and for your friends and for yourself. And so today we take a little bit more of a holistic approach to that and kind of dive into that world a little bit. And I think Michelle does a really good job of kind of maybe dumbing this down for some of us who are not really well versed in like naturopathic or holistic medicine and makes it something that is very actionable and something that you will likely be able to take away something from this episode and be able to apply it and hopefully feel a change in your life as well. So let's jump into the episode with Michelle Herzog. I would like to welcome Michelle Herzog to the podcast. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Amber. How are you? Thank you I, so much for having me. This is such an honor. I, I love your really podcast. So I'm <laughs> really excited. Um, Michelle and I only recently got acquainted. Um, but when I met her, I was like, well, I need to have you on the podcast. You got to come on the podcast. And yeah, she I, was, I need to be on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, she was totally stoked to do it. So do you kind of want to tell everybody yeah. how we met and, and how that went? Yeah, we met at a business conference called BBD Live, and it was transformative and fun, and I'm so glad that I met you there. We actually, you and I got paired with a few other people into a little mastermind group, which was awesome. So Yeah, and can I tell you like what my experience with you was? So in this, yeah, in, in this mastermind, we each had, what was it, like six minutes to like ask oh, a question like that, yeah. and then like refe- receive feedback about our business from the other people that were there. And I just remember like, as I was talking, Michelle has this like intense stare, like, like she was a hundred percent with me (laughs) as I was like talking. And then like the whole time, the whole like six minutes, like she was like 
100% present, available, like invested in like what oh. I was saying and helping me. So anyway, that was my experience with, oh, with Michelle. Thank you. That, and, that warms my heart. That's, that's how I like to come across though. The fact that it was that way is just awesome. Yeah, I loved it. And she was, and she was very helpful hey. with like the questions she asked and stuff. So anyway, we met there. And oh, as soon as I found you. out she was kind of in the fitness industry, I was like, girl, like you got to come on the podcast. I know. So I'm excited to have have Michelle here. So, um, can you just kind of give people a little bit of backstory on you? What do you do? Where are you, where are you from? What are you working on? Yeah. So I'm a certified nutritional therapist and holistic health coach. I really help women transform their minds, their health and their body. And typically it happens in that order. So mindset, then comes the health and then comes the body after that. So yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your story because I know that oh. um, when we connected, you were saying that you had your own biceps after baby story. And so I kind of want you to share that with people. Yes. What What is your biceps after baby story? I have like a real biceps after baby story. <laughs> <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Uh, um, well, I had my, I have three kids. So they are 12 years old, 23 and 25. And I, after my first two kids, it wasn't until my early thirties that I actually got into, uh, bodybuilding. And so, um, and I fell into it on an accident really, cause I was in, um, I was doing, I just finished my pre-med and I got into veterinary medical school at the time. And I was very stressed out with medical school and I started working out at the gym quite a bit. And so um, I kind of fell into it that way where I was approached by someone that said, Hey, do you want to compete? And I was like, compete, compete in what? And that took me down the path of, of competitive bodybuilding in the figure uh, division. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, did that for a couple of years. And then I got pregnant with my third, who is now my 12 year old. I got pregnant with her after my first two shows. And when I was preparing for to return back to stage the following year, because I had almost turned pro on stage, and then I was going back to try and, and get my pro card, and I got pregnant with her in that window. And it was very challenging because I had gained 50 pounds, um, went uh, borderline um, gestational diabetes during that pregnancy. And I think it was mainly due to the huge shift that was going on because I was dieting and, and, and training really hard and then getting pregnant and not really knowing that I was pregnant at the time because, you know, sometimes when you train really hard, not that I'm advocating this and I would never advocate it nowadays, but 12 years ago, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, um, you know, sometimes you can mess up your um, cycles. And so I wasn't cycling mm-hmm. regularly when I was super lean, um, which kind of makes sense for a female, right? But when you get down to single digit body fat numbers, you don't tend to cycle great <laughs> for most mm-hmm. women. Um, and so I got pregnant with her and gained 50 pounds, like I said, struggled with that. Um, and then after I had her, I really had my biceps after babies real moment because uh, eight months after having her and gaining the 50 pounds, I got back on a bodybuilding stage and took top five in New York. Um, So it was a complete turnaround um, from, you know, being super fit and being competitive and winning lots of shows and then having that middle section where it's like, oh my gosh, my health, um, pregnancy, can I do 
this kind of a thing, and then coming back and and getting back to that level and and then some after her. So yeah, I told when you when I saw the name of your podcast, I was like, girl, yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's almost like totally. fit to fat to fit. Have you do you know Drew Manning? I know. Yeah. Yes, I do. You did I your do. own fit to fat to fit. <laughs> I did. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. So, have, yeah, so did so you just do the good. three shows? Like, have, did you compete after that? Or were you kind of done? No, I competed um, 2005 to 2008. Um, and so I went back and got um, a national top two um, again. So I've, I've had, I don't know, four or five national top fives. Um, That's amazing. During that time frame. So, yeah, it was fun. It was just, I'm really glad I did it. It taught me a lot. Um, and it also, you know, during that, because the, the, the evolution I had during that window of bodybuilding was really great because I started off really not knowing that much mm-hmm. um, and kind of trusting in other trainers and stuff to kind of show me the way, right? So it was that old, you know, old bro mentality, that bodybuilding kind of deal. And my health really took a, a, a turn, right? I went had extreme adrenal fatigue and uh, a bunch of stuff that I struggled through, which has actually made me a much better coach nowadays because man, I could spot that stuff and, and I can help fix it. So, yeah. but, um, and then, you know, in the middle of that, I'm sitting there looking at myself physically and saying, wow, you know, you look amazing. You look like the epitome of health. And so if anybody were to look at you, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, this, this chick really so you healthy. Know, is healthy. Yeah. But I wasn't on the inside, mm. yeah. but physically I looked like it. So it, it really, you know, back then, again, this was a long time ago, but I said to myself intuitively, if I am, if I look so dang healthy, why don't I feel healthy? And why aren't I eating like a variety of different foods? Why am I so pigeonholed into, you know, five or six different foods? Yeah, my body looks good, but it's not good, right? Mm -hmm. And so that put me on a path to And it was an obsession for a while saying, how, what can I do? How can I possibly make it as healthy as possible and still get to that point physically where I look like that? Like, Mm -hmm. where's that, you know, combination? Mm -hmm. So I really, you know, in 2000, after my pregnancy, when I started to come back to stage, I took over my own diet and I did my own stuff. And I said, I'm going to do this as absolutely healthy as possible. I'm going to test myself, monitor my tests you know, and eat a variety of foods and not be scared of carbs and all kinds of stuff. And then I did that with a bunch of other girls too. And I um, took a half dozen girls, you know, to shows all over the country and, and they want a bunch of stuff. So there was, it was a really good lesson in what the, the balance between, you know, looking good and being good on the inside and feeling good. And I think that's one of the lessons that I, I pulled from that experience for sure. That is huge. Yeah. Health and weight are not the same thing. And I think hearing hearing that from people who have been there, who are like, I looked the way that everyone thinks that they want to look because it's Uh healthy and it isn't as healthy as you think it is. And the way that you feel is not healthy, um, is helpful for people to hear because we have this rose-colored glasses idea of like, oh, well, if I could just look (laughs) like a bodybuilder, then like the world would be awesome and I would feel amazing. And the reality is when you get that lean, it's a lot of work to get there 
and your body is fighting you every step of the way. Uh, it doesn't want to get oh, that yeah. lean. It does. It's like approaching it backwards. It's like we say, gosh, if I, my body could look like that, I'm going to be healthy. Yes. Whereas if you, if you get your body healthy first, if you provide the environment that your body can thrive in, the body comes naturally, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just a natural byproduct. Yeah. Amen. For sure. Amen. Love that. Yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. So I've uh, developed a five pillar system over the last 13 years that I take my clients through. Um, and it really is designed to uncover their individual unique health and fitness challenges, like kind of their roadblocks. And so we use that to do anything from break a plateau if they're in, in trying to get you know, fit and lose uh, body fat to reversing chronic health challenges with lifestyle changes. So that has been my passion for quite some time. I have a very eclectic background, which really gives me kind of a unique perspective that I bring to my clients. So it's kind of, kind of fun. I love it. I absolutely love it. Awesome. So what kind of, like, what do clients come to you with? What are like, give us an example of some of the complaints or like worries or concerns or roadblocks that they're hitting? Oh gosh, everything. Um, anything from they have, um, you know, an autoimmunity flare up and they don't know what to do and they are not getting answers from their doctor. They're going to the doctor and they're getting tests run and they're telling their doctor, Hey, look, something's off. I don't feel right. But the doctor's telling them, well, everything looks normal. It's, you know, just is what it is. Or you're just getting older or, you know, and they're like, no, that doesn't intuitively feel right to me. Um, that's probably the, the bulk of my clients at this point. Um, and I also get, you know, people that are not getting results. Like they think they're doing all the right things. They're cleaning up their diet. They're exercising regularly. And they just say, you know, I should look and feel better than I do for all the effort that I put in. So what else is not working for me? And I need to figure that out. And so I end up kind of becoming, you know, uh, um, I dig and research things for them as well, but I kind of become this guide and coach for them to help them figure that out and then find out where those roadblocks are and then give them tools to break through it. So mindset, of course, plays a big part. So for sure. And so, um, do you, you said that, you you know, you have more of like a holistic approach to this. So are you helping, Mm -hmm. you're helping women work with their doctors? Um, are you also like kind of, what is that relationship between like you, their doctor, um, and you know, the whole process with that? Yeah, I most definitely have them, um, or help them to work with their doctor. Um, also their naturopath. So I'm actually part of their whole, you know, health team, their holistic health team. Yeah, and that's really, you know, what we need nowadays. I mean, we we need to take control of our own health. We need to take responsibility for it, kind of be the CEO of our own health. So I teach them how to do that. So um, that. digging into what I call my five pillars, right? And I um, in one of the pillars, you know, I talk about testing and, and blood work and supplements and that type of thing. And so I will teach them, you know, what to order. So when they go to the doctor, for example, and say, gosh, you know, my energy is in the tank. I'm, I can't get rid of this body fat that I have around my middle and um, my hair is falling out. <laughs> you know, what's going on? And the doctor says, well, let me test your thyroid. Now, great, great idea. Well, oftentimes the testing that you get at your regular doctor is insufficient. 
and they either don't have a naturopath yet or they've gone to the naturopath and the naturopath wants to put them on 500 supplements <laughs> at, at two-hour intervals throughout the day, and that's overwhelming. So I educate them in what they can request from their doctor or they can order themselves, and then I teach them in a very, very simple way what it means. And so they can monitor it themselves and use lifestyle intervention to begin to turn that around. And they communicate with their doctor, absolutely, and they can can take those tests to their doctor um, and get help that way. But the more people you have on your team, um, the better off you are. The yeah. more tools you have, and mm-hmm. and doctors don't have a ton of time to do a lot of that, like consulting no. type stuff. It's like in and out. Yeah, that's how like medicine works. And so having someone to be able to walk you through it, or sit down and talk to you, or like give you suggestions, can be an Absolutely. added yeah. like an added team member. Yeah. And I like that you like talk about it. It is like a team. It's not like you're replacing the doctor or yeah. the doctor's replacing you. No, you're working as a team, yeah. coming from this from different angles to be able to help. The client. Yeah. Yeah. And you've you've nailed it. I mean, they don't, not only do they not have the time to spend with you, but oftentimes they don't have the knowledge. Oh, yeah. The the training. I mean, my my husband's a physician. Like, I I know the kind of training that they get in med school, and it's not on nutrition. It's not on holistic. I mean, it's not, that's just, it's not the focus of that. And and that's fine. It's it's one of the pieces. Um, But having someone who can give that perspective can be really, really valuable. So you talk about... Yeah, and the rub is... Oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I think the rub is, too, that when they, they, they recognize that they need more of that holistic approach, so they'll find, you know, a naturopath or an alternative medicine practitioner, and they'll go and they'll get a lot more informa- information, but it's like a fire hose mm-hmm. of information because mm-hmm. they sit with that, you know, doctor for an hour, hour and a half, and they get this ton of, of stuff to do, and they go home, and then they're overwhelmed. So I'm like that middle person that's able to kind of bring it all together for them. And that's, I think, what a coach really should be. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So these, yeah. these five pillars of, uh, of fitness, can you kind of mm-hmm. go through each of them and kind of share a little bit yeah. about what each of them are? Absolutely. So the first one is nutrition and digestion. Um, you know, nutrition, you are, you know, great. <laughs> that, that's your wheelhouse. That, that's too, my right? wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but digestion is closely tied to that because you can eat all the right foods, but if you're not digesting it properly, you're not getting the stuff, right? So sure, yeah. I put those together in pillar one. Uh, pillar two is exercise and movement. I mean, of course, we know structured exercise, but we also, there's other ways that we, um, you know, create that in ourselves. And so there's a whole other, you know, area that supports exercise. So I, that's my pillar two. Um, my pillar three is sleep, light, and EMF. And I group all these together because the light and EMF oftentimes is tied closely to sleep. Um, so there's that in pillar three. Uh, pillar four is testing supplements, prescriptions, and detox. So I group all of those together because they kind of play off each other. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the testing, what we kind of already highlighted that, um, the things that we can do with that. Um, but supplements, of course, um, if needed. Um, taking inventory of the prescriptions that you're taking, if any, and what those potentially might mean for you. And then paying attention to ways that we can support our body naturally to uh, detox properly. And then my fifth and final pillar is the stress, perception, mindset, and energy. So that's all grouped together 
And that really is the core of the whole thing. So uh, although that's my last pillar, it's most definitely not the least (laughs) of Mm. the five. It is the foundation for all of the rest because we don't, we don't have the mindset. And by that, I mean like your, you know, identifying your limiting belief, your core belief system, what you're actually operating on, the software in your brain that you're operating on. If we don't have that in alignment with the physical things that we're doing, then you ultimately don't potentially reach the results you want and or maintain them. Because I'm a firm believer, and I think you would uh, kind of go along these lines too, that there is a bio, um, biophysical aspect or, or what we are physically to health, meaning the food you put in your mouth, the supplements, you know, the exercise, that's, that's the physical part. Mm-hmm. But there's also this energetic, metaphysical, um, emotional uh, side that needs to be given at least the same amount of attention, if not more, mm-hmm. so that they're in alignment with each other. And that's what really creates the results for sure. Awesome. That's, that's great. Yeah. So I want to go back to pillar number three, because you said yeah. EMF and I don't know what mm-hmm. EMF is. And I'm sure a lot of other people don't know what EMF is. So can you kind of tell us what that yeah. stands for? What is it? Yeah, it just stands for electromagnetic field or frequency. And so um, that's really everything gives off or produces an electromagnetic field. Our bodies produce, you know, very low ones, but the artificial EMFs that are now just, you know, ubiquitous in our environment and just we're bombarded with them. And you think about you know, cell phones, of course, like what I'm talking on right here, so cell phones, Wi-Fi, uh, smart appliances, um, iPads, you know, your car is even a smart car now, right? Uh, laptops and computers and so forth. So we, the influx of what we're using that produces very high, intense um, EMS fields can interfere with our natural EMS field that we have, you know, in our bodies. Now, there's more and more research being done on this, but we don't have the long-term effects of this yet. But the increase in the exposure and use has been just astronomical. So there's a lot of buzz and talk about not only how it affects us physically, but what the long-term effects may be. And if you think, a lot of people will ask me, well, what's the big deal? I mean, so it's a high frequency, I'm a low frequency, we're not the same. You know, well, they can, uh, or the high intensity uh, frequencies from these, you know, exposures that we have can interfere with our body's uh, system in that we are electrical beings, bioelectrical beings, and our cells use that electricity and that uh, field to communicate with each other, to regulate all kinds of systems in the body. And it's almost like the, the very, you know, super simple analogy I give is if you're talking to somebody, you know, on, the, on a regular telephone and then there's static that comes in, you can't really hear that person, then you might kind of get the wrong, you know, message. And that potentially is what's happening to ourselves sometimes. So I, 
I don't leave this aspect out when I'm looking at holistic health, especially if somebody is coming to me and they're saying, yeah, I just don't feel right. I've got, you know, headaches. I've got joint pain that's unexplained. I've got inflammation markers that I can't get down. You know, my sleep is messed up. I don't know what's going on and nobody can give me any answers. Well, this is absolutely one area that I evaluate with them, you know, to see what their exposure is for sure. And how do you evaluate I don't that? I answer the question. Yeah, yeah. No, but how do you evaluate yeah. that? Like, how would someone listening know, oh, this yeah. may be something that, like, is impacting me? Yeah. You take inventory, and that's really the theme throughout all of the five pillars, is taking inventory of your unique exposure and environment. So it might be your cell phone, for example. How often do you use it? Where do you keep it? Is it attached to your body? You know, that type of thing. Well, it's not on airplane mode. Your laptop, is it on your lap a lot of times? Uh, do you have a smart meter in your home? If so, where is it located? Uh, Wi-Fi, how close is that to the areas that you sleep or your kids sleep? Is it turned off at night? Um, so we can go through an entire list of things that you can basically just look around and take inventory. And the thing is, is it doesn't, it, there's so many simple and virtually um, cost-free things that we can do to experiment because our health is nothing. The things that we do to improve our health are nothing but experiments. And you're a great example sure, of that yeah. too, right? When you work with your, with the macros and things, it's like, well, it's experiment. We're yeah. going to set your macros at this and let's see what and happens. We're going to adjust. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, yeah. And we're going to adjust. And it's the same thing when we're looking at every aspect of our health, we experiment. We say, okay, if I'm having these issues and I've done kind of my inventory, I've gone down the list and see, you know, what my potential exposures are, let's start adjusting and see if I notice anything or notice anything in my kids or notice anything, you know, in general. So you can experiment before you spend money even to see and if it improves for you, if things improve. And that's really the goal is to, to mitigate the potential detrimental effects are the things that are keeping us from looking and feeling great and healthy. So that's basically what I do is I go, I walk with my clients to it and we kind of go down a list and say, okay, well, what are these exposures to you potentially? Yeah. And it's not hard to <laughs> cut something out. I mean, I mean, the cost is not, it's not, yeah. you don't have to pay to like not look at your cell phone as much or like put your cell phone across the room or whatever. Like right. the cost associated with it is really minimal. So if it is something that benefits you, then it's an easy, yeah. it seems like an easy fix. Yeah. yeah. And in that situation, as far as the cost, it doesn't cost anything to get um, used to putting your phone in airplane mode a lot of the time, especially mm -hmm. if it's near your body. It doesn't cost anything to turn your Wi-Fi router off at night. <clears throat> it doesn't cost anything to download a free app for your um, you know, computer um, that, you know, can mitigate things as well. There, there's lots of things that you can do before you even spend a dollar that, that can help. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so yeah. that's, you, you lump that in pillar three with also light and sleep. So why those three together? Mm -hmm. uh, Cause they are inter intertwined. The, the EMS, it, our EMF exposure can mess with your cells, your energy, which can affect your overall energy and your ability to have restful sleep. Well, light even does that, that more, okay? So the light exposure, especially when somebody comes to me and they say, gosh, I just I have a hard time falling asleep at night or 
when they wake up in the morning, they're like, oh, I can't even function until I have coffee. I'm so, you know, so tired in the morning. Uh, I automatically go to evaluating their light exposure. And by that, what that basically means is that we, as humans, physical beings on the earth, we're part of the earth, okay? And we function best when our circadian rhythm, meaning just the wake and and sleep cycle, is closely related to the earth's natural cycle. So what that looks like outside is in the morning, you have bright light and throughout the, you know, afternoon, early afternoon, late morning, early afternoon, you've got the brightest light that there is. And by bright, we mean more blue light in that light. And that's very important, having blue light, because it it wakes us up in the morning, it uh, regulates our mood, and it sets your circadian rhythm. But what happens oftentimes is that nature has it so that the blue light is the strongest, you know, mid-morning and high afternoon, and then it will decrease as it gets later in the day. And you'll notice that it turns a little bit more orange, like a sunset, right, is orange. So orange and yellows, right? So the color changes and the blue light diminishes and decreases significantly, almost, almost down to nothing at, and when the moon's out, right? <clears throat> and that sets your circadian rhythm, i.e. the ability for your pineal gland to make enough melatonin to have you have restful sleep. So what happens is we end up, when, uh, when the natural circadian rhythm goes down, that that yellowish orange light comes in, the blue light disappears, right? And now our our brain can make a melatonin because that's the signal as well. When blue light is is abundant, we don't make the melatonin that we need. So when that when the nighttime comes, what we end up doing is opening up our laptop or turning on our LED TV and turning on our bright, you know, daytime fluorescent lights in the house. And that um, switch to blue light, more blue light, and less of that orangey color tells our brain, oh, wait a minute, it actually is daytime. And our circadian rhythm gets off. We suppress melatonin production and release, and it confuses our brain. And it will mess up that circadian rhythm and make it so that we are not in tune with that natural rhythm, and it makes us harder, hard, it makes it harder for us to fall asleep and get restful sleep so that we wake up in the morning well-rested. So the blue light is a, is a, big, is a big piece. Not, not that blue light's bad because it's, it's good, right? But when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when the lights go out at night, uh, we actually turn them on oftentimes, you know, with our laptop that has a, uh, an immense amount of blue light um, and TVs and stuff like that. And so how would someone know that that's something that's impacting them? Would they see that in like, mm. like their level of alertness or like exhaustion? Like you're saying, like, like if someone's like, oh, well, I feel great. I feel fine. Do I need to like go down this path of like trying to like control the amount of blue light and yellow or orange light that I see? Is that the case? Or is mm-hmm. it like, if you feel fine, like it's fine to keep doing what you're doing, but if you are having problems, then maybe this is something you should look into. Yeah. Well, I, I look at it, I don't, uh, I put some stock in how you feel, absolutely. There's, there's that at the forefront. 
but there can always be things that are underneath the surface that you don't actually feel anecdotally yet, right? Because the body has an amazing way of compensating for a period of time until all of a sudden it feels like, oh my gosh, this just came on. Not, Not really. The body has a great way of, you know, adapting uh, until it can't, right? So I typically do a reverse experiment where I say, okay, if you, and, and I think your question too was, you know, how do they know if it might be affecting them? Well, one of the things, if they have any disruption in sleep at all, then it, it can't be ignored as a potential uh, driver of that. That's one thing. If they also have eye fatigue or they've noticed their vision declining, um, significantly, that can be a red flag as well. I always go to light when that's the case. I mean, people say, well, I'm getting older, so my eyesight. Well, I think eyesight should last longer than it typically does for the average person, especially when we have kids, you know, walking around at five, six years old with glasses, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like that should be the case. So if they have, you know, if they complain of headaches, if they complain of um you know, uh, eye strain, if they have sleep disruption, absolutely, I say do an experiment and see. And the experiment can be as simple as getting outside first thing in the morning and getting your um, eyes exposed to that natural light. That sends, those photons of light go into your eyeballs, back and into your brain, and tell your pineal gland, oh, it's morning time. And it basically syncs and aligns with the natural circadian rhythm. So if you can get outside, even if it's cold, put a jacket on. Just stand out on your porch or or your front, you know, outside your front door, kind of looking up at the sky for as long as you can. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you can, you can spare, right? So that's one, one piece. Another piece would be um, downloading um, uh, app to your um, laptop that you can adjust the amount of blue light in your computer screen. I have that, Michelle. And you can spin it. <laughs> oh, you have the flex app? I the do flex have app? that. My husband installed <gasps> it for me. You are a rock star. <laughs> well, thank I you. I love it. <laughs> it's like yes, the one thing I've done that you're talking about. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I love it. That's great. So there's that, of course, and that app is amazing, right? Yeah, you don't have to do anything, um, and it just happens. Also, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my kind of app. However, <laughs> yes, and you can set it for however you want, right? And you can adjust it you know, on the fly or just have it be automatic, and it's just a great thing. So that app is um, Flux app. I think it's F.LUX, I believe. I don't know. So that's a great that's app to, to install. Um, and the other piece that I've um, – is part of my pieces that I have somebody um, try – is uh, blue blocking glasses. So with that, it's pretty pretty easy to implement. I mean, we walk around, our whole family walks around, you know, at night with these glasses on. <laughs> we watch on TV with these glasses on. But they are blue blocking glasses, not just any, but there's a couple of different types that are that are higher quality. You can have ones that are like twilight glasses that you can use during the day, like after after 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon if you're in an office situation where you can't download, you know, an app to your uh, work computer, you can wear twilight glasses that cut down that blue light. Um, And then the nighttime glasses, which really bring in a lot of yellow and red. 
And it filters all of that light coming in through your eyes. And so you're basically mirroring the natural circadian rhythm of outside through glasses wearing inside, but you can still work on your computer. You can still watch TV. You can still do all these things to a certain degree, um, but not mess up that um, melatonin production and release and the circadian rhythm itself. So those are three things, you know, that you can do to experiment. And, and here's the thing. If you do those three things, let's say, and that, that's where you start and you notice a huge shift where maybe you were someone that said, gosh, you know, I don't get tired till midnight or 11 o'clock at night at least. Well, after you do these things, what if you started to get a little more uh, drowsy at 9.30, right? And it bought you an hour and a half extra of sleep or you started sleeping a little more sound or for the first time in a long time, you woke up in the morning and you're like, gosh, I, I kind of feel like I can get started. What, what's this all about, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And that's your, that's your um, you know, litmus test. That's awesome. See, again, it's an experiment, right? Yeah. And just so you guys know, yeah. I will have links to all of these things that Michelle is talking about in the show notes. So it's bicepsofyourbabies.com forward slash 25. And I'll get, if you could send me like the glasses that you like, I'll link those all oh, in the yes. show notes, flux, like all Absolutely. of those things that she's talking about. So if you're interested in looking at them, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Plus I have some, a link for, um, a company that does the shielding too, like shielding your laptop, shielding your cell Perfect. phone and all that as well. Yeah, that'll all be it's in the not show an affiliate notes. link. So, just so you know, it's not an affiliate link. I'm just sharing good stuff. Just so. to share good things. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, awesome. So a couple more questions for you, Michelle. Um, yeah. I kind of want to know what you would go back and tell the 10 year younger you, if you could. Mm, what I would tell just 10 years ago? Hmm. Just 10 years. I would say, I would say to not be afraid to stand in your own truth. I think that absolutely is one of, of the lessons that I've learned, especially not to be afraid of, you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, don't go along with something just because you think you should. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that's a huge lesson. And the earlier that we get that lesson, the happier life that we have for sure. That's good. That's awesome. That's definitely one of the things I tell myself for sure. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, Michelle, if someone wants to find you and follow you on social media, where can they go? Yes, absolutely. I have a hub online and you you get there just by going to michelleherzog.com. So it's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G. Dot com, and that's a whole bunch list of you know freebies and stuff like that. Now we talked about my five pillars. I have a mini course that I walk you through the the condensed version of each of these five pillars, and it's a five video mini course. And I created a link just for your people, so they don't have to you know awesome. find you know hunt around and find it. So it's um, bit.ly forward slash b a b gift. Awesome. So biceps after babies gift. Yeah. B-A-B gift. And that will take you right to the landing page of that free course. If you'd like to get in there and just kind of poke around and see what your roadblocks might be and also get a few tools to um, tear them down and break through them Sweet. for sure. 
Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much for coming and sharing your knowledge with us, Michelle. You are so welcome. I, I'm so honored to be part of your tribe here and your what you're doing. I just love it. And you are an amazing person. I I was drawn to you when I met you at BBD, and I think it's going to be a good relationship going forward. So I'm very, very happy to, to be part of I hope you enjoyed that episode with Michelle. I'm really glad that we were able to meet at our conference and that she was able to come on the podcast and kind of give us a little bit different view of something that um, I don't necessarily talk a whole lot about, uh, more holistic uh, point of view of healthcare or of medicine or of health in general. And I think it's good to have like differing perspectives. And I hope to bring that in the podcast. Obviously, like I have a perspective and I share that a lot here, but I'm also very open to bringing on guests guests that are well-versed in things that I'm not really great at. And I hope to be able to bring people on to be able to share different point of views and different ideas and different strengths. I think there's a lot of learning to be done in the world. And I for sure do not believe that I know it all. And so I'm grateful when we can have other people come in and share their perspective and their knowledge. And I'm grateful that Michelle was able to come on. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.